This recording is brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. Babylon. Written by Joshua J. Mark and read by James Lloyd. Babylon is the most famous city from ancient Mesopotamia, whose ruins lie in modern-day Iraq, 59 miles, 94 kilometers, southwest of Baghdad. The name is thought to derive from Bav-il, or Bavilim, which, in the Akkadian language of the time, meant Gate of God, or Gate of the Gods, and Babylon coming from Greek. The city owes its fame, or infamy, to the many references the Bible makes to it, all of which are unfavourable. In the book of Genesis, chapter 11, Babylon is featured in the story of the Tower of Babel, and the Hebrews claimed the city was named for the confusion which ensued after God caused the people to begin speaking in different languages so they would not be able to complete their great tower to the heavens. The Hebrew word Babel means confusion. Babylon also appears prominently in the biblical books of Daniel, Jeremiah and Isaiah, among others, and most notably the book of Revelation. It was these biblical references which sparked interest in Mesopotamian archaeology and the expedition of the German archaeologist Robert Calderway, who first excavated the ruins of Babylon in 1899 CE. Outside of the sinful reputation given it by the Bible, the city is known for its impressive walls and buildings. Its reputation as a great seat of learning and culture, the formation of a code of law which predates the Mosaic law, and for the hanging gardens of Babylon, which were man-made terraces of flora and fauna, watered by machinery, which were cited by Herodotus as one of the seven wonders of the world. The Old City and Hammurabi Babylon was founded at some point prior to the reign of Sargon of Akkad, also known as Sargon the Great, who ruled from 2334 to 2279 BCE, and claimed to have built temples at Babylon. Other ancient sources seem to indicate that Sargon himself founded the city. At that time, Babylon seems to have been a minor city, or perhaps a large port town on the Euphrates River at the point where it runs closest to the River Tigris. Whatever early role the city played in the ancient world is lost to modern-day scholars because the water level in the region has risen steadily over the centuries, and the ruins of old Babylon have become inaccessible. The ruins which were excavated by Calderway, and are visible today, date only to well over 1,000 years after the city was founded. The historian Paul Kruazek, among other scholars, claims it was established by the Amorites following the collapse of the third dynasty of Ur. This information, and any other pertaining to Old Babylon, comes to us today through artefacts which were carried away from the city after the Persian invasion, or those which were created elsewhere. The known history of Babylon, then, begins with its most famous king, Hammurabi, 1792-1750 BCE. This obscure Amorite prince ascended to the throne upon the abdication of his father, King Sinmulabit, and fairly quickly transformed the city into one of the most powerful and influential in all of Mesopotamia. Hammurabi's law codes are well known, but are only one example of the policies he implemented to maintain peace and encourage prosperity. He enlarged and heightened the walls of the city, engaged in great public works which included opulent temples and canals, and made diplomacy an integral part of his administration. 
So successful was he in both diplomacy and war that by 1755 BCE he had united all of Mesopotamia under the rule of Babylon, which, at this time, was the largest city in the world, and named his realm Babylonia. We'll continue after a short message from our sponsor. Antiquous is a quarterly magazine showcasing stunning features on ancient art, archaeology and history. Its contributors are world-renowned for their expertise, writing in an accessible and engaging style, avidly read by academics and enthusiasts alike. The magazine's fascinating articles invite the reader to marvel at the wonders of the Aztecs, the mystique of Han China, the drama and intrigue of ancient Greece and Rome, the enchantment of Egypt, and the exotic splendours of Persia. Get it now at antiquous-magazine.com. That's A-N-T-I-Q-V-V-S-Magazine.com. The Assyrians, Chaldeans, and Nebuchadnezzar II. Following Hammurabi's death, his empire fell apart and Babylonia dwindled in size and scope until Babylon was easily sacked by the Hittites in 1595 BCE. The Kassites followed the Hittites and renamed the city Karunduniash. The meaning of this name is not clear. The Assyrians then followed the Kassites in dominating the region and, under the reign of the Assyrian ruler Sennacherib 705-681 BCE, Babylon revolted. Sennacherib had the city sacked, razed and the ruins scattered as a lesson to others. His extreme measures were considered impious by the people generally and Sennacherib's court specifically, and he was soon after assassinated by his sons. His successor, Esarhaddon, rebuilt Babylon and returned it to its former glory. The city later rose in revolt again against Ashurbinipal of Nineveh, who besieged and defeated the city, but did not damage it to any great extent, and, in fact, personally purified Babylon of the evil spirits which were thought to have led to the trouble. The reputation of the city as a centre of learning and culture was already well established by this time. After the fall of the Assyrian Empire, a Chaldean named Nabopolassar took the throne of Babylon and, through careful alliances, created the Neo-Babylonian Empire. His son, Nebuchadnezzar II, 604-561 BCE, renovated the city so that it covered 900 hectares, 2,200 acres, of land and boasted some of the most beautiful and impressive structures in all of Mesopotamia. Every ancient writer to make mention of the city of Babylon, outside of those responsible for the stories in the Bible, does so with a ton of awe and reverence. Herodotus, for example, writes, The city stands on a broad plain and is an exact square, 120 stadia in length each way, so that the entire circuit is 480 stadia. While such is its size, in magnificence there is no other city that approaches to it. It is surrounded, in the first place, by a broad and deep moat, full of water, behind which rises a wall, fifty royal cubits in width, and two hundred in height. Although it is generally believed that Herodotus greatly exaggerated the dimensions of the city, and may never have actually visited the place himself, his description echoes the admiration of other writers of the time who recorded the magnificence of Babylon, and especially the great walls, as a wonder of the world. 
It was under Nebuchadnezzar II's reign that the Hanging Gardens of Babylon are said to have been constructed and the famous Ishtar Gate built. The Hanging Gardens are most explicitly described in a passage from Diodorus Siculus, 90-30 BCE, in his work Bibliotheca Historica, Book 2, Chapter 10. There was also, because the Acropolis, the Hanging Garden, as it is called, which was built not by Semiramis, but by a later Syrian king to please one of his concubines. For she, they say, being a Persian by race and longing for the meadows of her mountains, asked the king to imitate, through the artifice of a planted garden, the distinctive landscape of Persia. The park extended four plethora on each side, and since the approach to the garden sloped like a hillside, and the several parts of the structure rose from one another, tier on tier, the appearance of the whole resembled that of a theatre. When the ascending terraces had been built, there had been constructed beneath them galleries which carried the entire weight of the planted garden and rose little by little, one above the other, along the approach. And the uppermost gallery, which was fifty cubits high, bore the highest surface of the park, which was made level with the circuit wall of the battlements of the city. Furthermore, the walls, which had been constructed at great expense, were twenty-two feet thick, while the passageway between each two walls was ten feet wide. The roofs of the galleries were covered over with beams of stone sixteen feet long, inclusive of the overlap, and four feet wide. The roof above these beams had first a layer of reeds laid in great quantities of bitumen. Over this, two courses of baked brick bonded by cement, and as a third layer, a covering of lead, to the end that the moisture from the soil might not penetrate beneath. On all this again, earth had been piled to a depth sufficient for the roots of the largest trees, and the ground, which was levelled off, was thickly planted with trees of every kind that, by their great size or any other charm, could give pleasure to the beholder. And since the galleries, each projecting beyond another, all received the light, they contained many royal lodgings of every description, and there was one gallery which contained openings leading from the topmost surface and machines for supplying the garden water, the machines raising the water in great abundance from the river, although no one outside could see it being done. Now this park, as I have said, was a later construction. This part of Diodorus's work concerns the semi-mythical queen Semiramis, most probably based on the actual Assyrian queen Samuramat, who reigned from 811 to 806 CE. His reference to a later Syrian king follows Herodotus's tendency of referring to Mesopotamia as Assyria. Recent scholarship on the subject argues that the Hanging Gardens were never located at Babylon, but were instead the creation of Sennacherib at his capital of Nineveh. The historian Christopher Scarra writes... Sennacherib's palace at Nineveh had all the usual accoutrements of a major Assyrian residence. Colossal guardian figures and impressively carved stone reliefs, over 2,000 sculptured slabs in 71 rooms. Its gardens, too, were exceptional. Recent research by the British Assyriologist Stephanie Daly has suggested that these were the famous Hanging Gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Later writers placed the Hanging Gardens at Babylon, but extensive research has failed to find any trace of them. 
Sennacherib's proud account of the palace gardens he created at Nineveh fits that of the Hanging Gardens in several significant details. This period in which the Hanging Gardens were allegedly built was also the time of the Babylonian exile of the Jews and the period in which the Babylonian Talmud was written. The Euphrates River divided the city in two between an old and a new city, with the Temple of Marduk and the Great Towering Ziggurat at the centre. Streets and avenues were widened to better accommodate the yearly processional of the statue of the great god Marduk in the journey from his home temple in the city to the New Year Festival Temple outside the Ishtar Gate. The Persian Conquest and Babylon's Decline The Neo-Babylonian Empire continued after the death of Nebuchadnezzar II, and Babylon continued to play an important role in the region under the rule of Nabonidus and his successor Belshazzar, featured in the biblical book of Daniel. In 539 BCE, the empire fell to the Persians under Cyrus the Great at the Battle of Opis. Babylon's walls were impregnable, and so the Persians cleverly devised a plan whereby they diverted the course of the Euphrates River so that it fell to a manageable depth. While the residents of the city were distracted by one of their great religious feast days, the Persian army waded the river and marched under the walls of Babylon unnoticed. It was claimed the city was taken without a fight, although documents of the time indicate that repairs had to be made to the walls and some sections of the city, and so perhaps the action was not as effortless as the Persian account maintained. Under Persian rule, Babylon flourished as a centre of art and education. Cyrus and his successors held the city in great regard and made it the administrative capital of their empire, although at one point the Persian emperor Xerxes felt obliged to lay siege to the city after another revolt. Babylonian mathematics, cosmology and astronomy were highly respected, and it is thought that Thales of Miletus, known as the first Western philosopher, may have studied there, and that Pythagoras developed his famous mathematical theorem based upon a Babylonian model. When, after 200 years, the Persian Empire fell to Alexander the Great in 331 BCE, he also gave great reverence to the city, ordering his men not to damage the buildings nor molest the inhabitants. The historian Stephen Burtman writes, Before his death, Alexander the Great ordered the superstructure of Babylon Ziggurat pulled down in order that it might be rebuilt with greater splendour, but he never lived to bring his project to completion. Over the centuries, its scattered bricks have been cannibalised by peasants to fulfil humbler dreams. All that is left of the fabled Tower of Babel is the bed of a swampy pond. After Alexander's death at Babylon, his successors, known as the Diadochi, Greek for successors, fought over his empire generally and the city specifically to the point where the residents fled for their safety, or, according to one ancient report, were relocated. By the time the Parthian Empire ruled the region in 141 BCE, Babylon was deserted and forgotten the city steadily fell into ruin and, even during a brief revival under the Sassanid Persians, never approached its former greatness. In the Muslim conquest of the land in 650 CE, whatever remained of Babylon was swept away, and in time was buried beneath the sands. In the 17th and 18th centuries CE, European travellers began to explore the area and return home with various artefacts. These cuneiform blocks and statues led to an increased interest in the region. And, by the 19th century CE, an interest in biblical archaeology drew men like Robert Coldervey, 
who uncovered the ruins of the once great city of the Gate of the Gods. This recording was brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. For more great articles and content, visit www.ancient.eu. Ancient History Encyclopedia is a non-profit organisation. If you want to support our work, you can support us on Patreon by following the link below.